Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. We'd like to give a quick shout out to South Lake, Texas. All right. South Lake is a suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth. So we're so glad that you are listening to us. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for downloading. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. Text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Check out the link in our show notes where you can become a monthly supporter. And we also have an Etsy store called shadowsofgrace.se.com. You can pick up a coffee mug or a t-shirt or something of that nature. All right. What do you have for us today, Dr. J? Medical errors are a top cause of death. According to a John Hopkins research team, 250,000 deaths in the United States are caused by medical error each year. That's a lot. This makes medical error the third leading cause of death in the country. That is a lot, don't you think? I think it's way too high. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So stay healthy. (laughs) Stay healthy. All right. What else you got? Sloths have more neck bones than giraffes. Oh, my. I want a pet sloth. They're just little cute little creatures. And they're so slow. (laughs) Okay. Pet sloth. Difference in neck length. There are more bones in the neck of a sloth than a giraffe. There are seven vertebrae in the neck of a giraffe and in most mammals, but there are 10 in sloths. Wow. Yeah. I like cool. sloths. They're a little Me too. Bigger. Let's get us one. Bees can fly higher than Mount Everest. Uh-uh. Yeah, I didn't know this. This is pretty No. Good. Wow. Bees can fly higher than 29,525 feet above sea level, according to National Geographic. That's higher than Mount Everest, the tallest mountains in the world. Hmm. Yeah. So if you're flying in an airplane and you think you see a bee, you may you have. have. Yeah. May have. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some PTSD. Oh, okay. Uh, PTSD, I think, is since COVID, I yeah. think it's a lot more common now than ever before. Right. Right. Um, you know, PTSD is usually diagnosed when a per- after a person has symptoms for at least one month or more following a traumatic event. Will you explain what the acronym PTSD is for those? Post-traumatic that stress disorder. Thank you very much. Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. It, you know, interesting enough, sometimes symptoms don't appear until several months or even years later. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you a few symptoms. Okay. Re-experiencing the trauma through intrusive, distressing recollections of mm-hmm. the event, flashbacks, or night or nightmares. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emotional numbness, avoidance of places, people, activities that are reminders of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Increased arousal, such as difficulty sleeping, concentrating, feeling jumpy, easily irritated and angry. Okay. Yeah. And and this can happen from people from war, can mm-hmm. happen to police officers, 
Mm-hmm. It can happen to anyone, people that have been through pandemics, people that have uh, witnessed catastrophe or even natural disasters, uh, such as hurricanes, tornadoes, or abuse, mm-hmm. or even narcissistic abuse. Okay. People go through uh, as a kid or as a, a spouse, mm-hmm. uh, you can go through PTSD from stuff like that. Right. I'm sure EMS workers, people like that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we look at PTSD. The causes, as I mentioned, uh, basically PTSD is exposure to a traumatic event that poses a threat to one's life, safety and physical integrity. Okay. Uh, And so that those are events. uh, I've had police officers. I've had agents, FBI agents. I've had, uh, I have athletes that have, mm-hmm. you know, experienced severe injuries within mm. pra- like football practice or things right. like that. Uh, and I've had people that have had domestic abuse, mm-hmm. uh, narcissistic abuse that have had PTSD. Right. Mm. Uh, and it can this, be very, I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. It can be very, very debilitating to have this type of uh, PTSD. Um, have you found that sometimes people just become homebound or just because they're afraid to go out and experience something like that? Have you had people that bad off? Or Yes. There's some people that cannot leave the home. They're homebound. Wow. Um, there's soldiers that, you know, that have been in war that mm. if they hear a muffler go, you know, uh, a bad muffler in a car backfire or fireworks, mm-hmm. uh, it makes them go into fetal positions. Right. And yeah. High. And pe- people need to really uh, think about that at the holidays, um, New Year's and 4th of July, because a lot of times that that can really set someone off that has PTSD from a war type situation. And they see so many awful things. It just all comes flooding back. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I think some other causes that uh, of PTSD are biological factors, too. Okay. Uh, the pre, you know, a lot of individuals may have a predisposition of mm-hmm. developing PTSD. Genetics is number one. We look at genetics. Oh. Uh, there's evidence suggesting genetic factors have influenced an individual's vulnerability to developing PTSD. Mm. Uh, certain genetic variations can affect how the brain responds to stress and trauma, and this makes makes individuals people more prone. To experiencing these symptoms mm-hmm. during a triggered uh, traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brain structure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, brain structure and function. Brain imaging studies shown that individuals with PTSD often have alterations in brain structure and function, particularly in regions involving emotional regulation, memory processing, uh, and stress responses. Okay. Huh. And so uh, the amygdala, which is responsible for processing these emotions like fear, 
may be hyperactive and oversensitive, which increases the likelihood of PTSD symptoms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, neurotransmitter imbalances. This mm. is uh, neurotransmitter imbalances, chemical messages to the brain uh, can impact how the brain processes emotions, stress. Uh, and these are like serotonin or epinephrine, dopamine, things like that, uh, associated with mood regulation. Oh, wow. And so the stress response uh, basically con- this contributes to PTSD symptoms. Hmm. You're that thinking. must be. Well, I'm thinking about how hard, <laughs> how hard that must be on a loved one or a child. Um that has a parent going through things like this because sometimes they are not capable of explaining why they're doing what they're doing or why they're feeling like they're feeling and things can trigger them. And it, it, it's really hard, I guess, as a loved one to know how to react and how to comfort that person because they're going through that episode or that situation. I think you reassure them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't overreact, but you don't underreact either. I think you reassure them that things are okay. That's in good. a firm, assertive, gracious voice. Right. And, uh, you know, usually they're taught in counseling, preferably mm-hmm. biblical counseling, Christian counseling, mm-hmm. how to regulate those emotions, those right. uh, triggers. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hormonal changes, too, can be a factor. Oh, okay. How so? Uh, traumatic events can trigger significant changes in hormone levels, such as cortisol. Okay. Oh, cortisol okay. is a stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So prolonged abnormal cortisol levels responses can influence the way the brain processes and stores traumatic events and memories. Mm. Mm. This contributes to PTSD symptoms. Okay. Wow. Um, even early life experiences too, right? Right. Uh, childhood stuff, neglect, abuse, exposure mm-hmm. of trauma can influence the, the brain uh, responses. The brain's developing as a kid. If mm-hmm. you're going through trauma, you'll probably deal with this the rest of your life. Right, because that kind of works into your brain, I guess, as a child. Yeah, imprints and and continues on into adulthood. Um, That's hard. That's really hard. Now, I say you'll be dealing with it the rest of your life. This doesn't mean you cannot be uh, better, improved, and more. But I I do think PTSD, uh, and a lot of mental health issues, is something that we'll deal with. This one degree or another the rest of our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Immune mm-hmm. system responses. Uh, trauma mm-hmm. and stress can affect the immune system. Uh, that makes inflammation. sense. Yeah. Inflammation. Yeah. Right. Immune responses. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And previous trauma as well. Sometimes an increase in previous trauma builds up as complex tra- trauma. Mm. Okay. And you have all this trauma and it may not be as predominant as, you know, maybe being in a war zone. Right. But all this little trauma builds up mm-hmm. and it adds up to where you have a PTSD uh, behaviors because you have a complex trauma 
within mm-hmm. your uh, that you're dealing with a lot of things at one time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, some ways that I think previous trauma can affect PTSD. Okay. Increased vulnerability. Oh. Individuals who have experienced previous traumatic events may be more vulnerable to developing PTSD after a you know, previous trauma. Mm-hmm. And so their emotional, psychological scars from the past uh, can make it more challenging to cope and uh, with new traumas as currently, you know, as the current trauma may trigger memories and other emotions associated with early traumas. That kind of goes with the complex trauma. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Right. Well, I imagine you, you kind of stuff things down and, and sometimes you don't even realize you're doing that. And then you have another trauma and then all those things you stuff down kind of come out, don't you think? That's exactly right. That's precisely correct. And some people, you know, we're ta- talked about, you know, as kids, we're taught, you know, big boys don't cry. Big boys, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys grow up and ladies, some ladies, and we yeah. don't talk about our feelings. Right. And we stuff that stuff inside and we don't talk through it. Yeah. Hmm. And that can kind of pre, I'm sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, that can predispose you, I guess, to this type of PTSD because of those things. Yes. And, you know, I think that a lot of people think that we're not supposed to dwell, especially Christians. You know, I don't want to dwell in the past. I I get get that. that. I get that. But we need to learn and heal from the past. Right. If you notice in the Psalms, and we'll get to that in a little bit later, but David writes about his trauma in the Psalms, and he goes back. That's that's past stuff he's writing about. Right. So if it was good enough for David, it's good enough for us. Right, right. To talk through, to write about, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that you, yeah, you don't want to stay in the past, but you really have to deal with your past experiences in order to go forward. I mean, like we say, history, we don't want history to repeat itself. So we've got to study history so it won't happen again. Same thing with ourselves, I would think. Correct. Retraumatization. Mm. A new trauma can act as a trigger, resurfacing, mem- resurfacing memories and emotions related to past trauma. And so basically, the re-traumatization can intensify the symptoms of PTSD, making it more challenging, more difficult for the individual to process and cope with a current uh, traumatic event. Makes sense. Let me give you an illustration. You know, you have people in New York during 9-11. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you many of those police officers, firemen that, you know, survived also had other traumas that they dealt with. Yeah. Car wrecks, being shot at domestics, and then they go to this, and maybe they didn't have many symptoms. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had some PTSD symptom, but they right. go to 9-11, and then it all hell breaks loose because, mm-hmm. uh, because of just this principle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the cumulative impact, uh, experiencing multiple traumas over time can lead to cumulative impact. We just, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avoidance patterns. Hmm. Individuals with a history 
of trauma may develop avoidance patterns as coping mechanisms. When faced with a new traumatic event, they may engage in avoidance behaviors to protect themselves from re-experiencing emotional pain associated with past traumas. Uh, however, avoidance can exasperate exasperate mm-hmm. uh, PTSD symptoms in the long run. Mm, okay. So basically, this is with any anxiety. If you have phobias and you're avoiding things, it, it helps in the short run, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help in the long run. Yeah. You can't avoid those feelings and those situations forever. You have to, you have to deal with it at some point. I mean, if you have a phobia, you know, we call it exposure therapy. Right. You know, we try to give exposure gradually mm-hmm. to desensitize those fears mm-hmm. and those emotions. Because you have a heightened sensitivity uh, towards danger. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that alarm system is hyper is hypersensitive and not act, and not really uh, mm-hmm. valid as right. far as reality goes. Definitely, it's exaggerated. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Impact on coping strategies. Previous trauma can shape an individual's coping strategies. You know, some coping mechanisms, for instance, uh, were adaptive during the past trauma may not be effective or healthy with dealing with new traumatic events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So these are some things, I think, when we look at this, that makes dealing with trauma more difficult. Mm-hmm. I think lack of support, too, is Right. Huge. Do uh, you see that a lot? Do you see... Um, some people going through PTSD and, and no one's really supporting them. Is, is that pretty common? Yes. Mm, that's awful. Some of them are homeless. Oh, wow. A lot of our homeless people are veterans. Yeah. Which is, that is not acceptable. You know, how can we, and I love baseball. I love sports, mm-hmm. but how can we pay millions of dollars for these guys playing ball? And we're, we've got homeless veterans who fought for our country uh, living in uh, tents or living in just living on the street. I that's think that's a okay. shame. I it is a shame. a shame. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think this this uh, uh, lack of support, you know, it, it comes with increased isolation. Mm-hmm. Without a support system, people may feel isolated or alone in dealing with trauma. And so they're unable to process those feelings Mm -hmm. in point. I think emotional dysregulation, uh, social support can help regulate emotions by providing safe spaces for individuals to express feelings without fear. But without an outlet, individuals may struggle to manage or communicate those feelings. So we got to help with that. Definitely. Rumination. Intrusive thoughts. Without support to help process these memories, people may experience intrusive thoughts, persistent rumination about traumatic event, which can worsen PTSD. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, if you're all alone, mm-hmm. you have nothing to really think about a lot of times but that event. Right. And so it goes over and over and over. 
um, delay in seeking help. Mm. People without a support system may delay seeking professional help. Mm -hmm. There's no positive um, peer pressure to encourage getting help. Um, You know, basically, and that's substance abuse. Oh, I'm sure that's big. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. There's a very high statistic, and I don't recall it right offhand, but it's over 50% of people with PTSD also self-medicate. Mm. Yeah. Some treatment for this, clinically speaking, psychotherapy, CBT, EMDR, these are good, good, uh, good ways of dealing and, and working on uh, PTSD symptoms and, and dealing and healing from mm-hmm. PTSD. There are some medications, antidepressants, mm. that can be used from doctors. Exposure therapy, that's what I mentioned. It's kind of gradually exposing the person to some of those fears that are maybe hyper-exaggerated or mm. hypersensitive and kind of, uh, you know, basically kind of numbing uh, and desensitizing those, those, those sensitivities as fears. Mm-hmm. Group therapy is one of the best ways. Oh, I bet. They have found, especially a PTSD. Right. Because you're learning from other people mm-hmm. and you have a support system. That would be good because then you realize you're definitely not alone in this and there are other people that are experiencing some of the same situations that you're experiencing as well. Yeah. Self-care, education, educating yourself. Some biblical examples. Okay. King David. Mm. Uh, King David faced numerous traumatic events in his life. Well, yeah. I mean, think about King Saul. Saul throwing spears twice at him. Tried to kill him several times. And he could have even killed him at one point, killed Saul, but he didn't. So I would imagine that was pretty uh, traumatic. Mm. Yeah. He lost a child. Mm-hmm. He lost two children. Yes, he did. Well, he lost several children, actually. Right. But um, battles, wars, mm-hmm. he saw lots of death. Yes. In Psalm 6, 6 through 7, it says, I am worn out from my groaning. All mm-hmm. night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Mm. Yeah. He definitely knew something about PTSD. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. How about Elijah? Oh, yes. Definitely. Well, he ran away, went to a cave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. I right. can't take it anymore. Mm. Joe. Oh, yes. Definitely. The entire book of Job narrates a series of PTSD symptoms. Yes, yes. His family died, his crops were ruined, houses, you know, caught on fire, health. health. I mean, everything. Jeremiah, and he Mm -hmm. wasn't a bullfrog. Oh, my. Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah. Okay, let's not do that. Jeremiah was. Okay, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Continue. He he was known as the weeping prophet. Right. He, you know, he preached the truth 
mm-hmm. people wanted to kill him because he wasn't saying good, positive things. Right. That kind sounds of sounds like today. Like today. Yeah. <laughs> We're both thinking alike here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. He would not have had a lot of downloads. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. So he faced persecution, rejection. He witnessed destruction in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And it caused him tremendous emotional distress, which he described in Lamentations that he wrote. Yeah. Mm. Hagar. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Poor Hagar. Yeah. Treated awfully from Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went out to the desert to die with her child. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would That would be traumatic. But last but not least, Jesus. Yes, definitely. Mm. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, the crucifixion. Uh, he knew he was going to face this. He did. He did. So he already was seeing what was going to happen as if it already happened, but it did. Right. And I can't say that again. No, no. <laughs> I won't ask you to. But it's <laughs> theologically accurate. Right. He experienced intense emotional distress, mm-hmm. feelings of overwhelmness with sorrow at the point of even <clears> death. <throat> and so the whole point of this, I think we take this, is, is we are not alone. If you're a Christian and a believer, you can rely on people in the past. You can, you, can, you can take that support and Jesus understands what you're going through. Um. And I do believe that biblical Christian counseling is a great way to work things out and bring healing. Uh, because I do believe absolutely positively that God can take your mess into a mess for his glory, for your good. Go I agree. And I also think, you know, before we end, we need to be more proactive when we know someone has been through a trauma. Mm-hmm. And maybe we know they don't have a support system. We need to check on them. We need to try to be that support system for them. We need to try to get them help so they're not alone and dwelling and, you know, ruminating and everything, like you said, by themselves. We need we need to be more proactive as a Christian community, checking on the ones that we know are wounded. And I think, like, if you're in, in, in a church and someone's not there, I think mm-hmm. calling and checking on them or stopping by. Right. Uh, I think, um, you know, being proactive, don't wait for someone to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they may yeah. think that they're totally alone and no one else cares. And we don't want that to happen. So we definitely need to be more proactive with people. Yes. So. Good stuff. All right. Well, it's well, not good, but it's good stuff. <laughs> Well, definitely. Well, if you are uh, suffering with with PTSD, please reach out, get help, um, find a support system, find a Christian counselor and get that help that you need. And most definitely go to the greatest counselor of all, Jesus. And, uh, you know, he will he will be there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. Goodbye. Uh Uh-huh.